I haven't decided yet. This may have a new title by the time this this airs. So you may be listening to the first episode of whatever I'm going to come up with in the next 30 minutes, or uh, this could be maybe the last episode of Die With The Most Threesomes. Um, oh, I think it should think, definitely be the last. I, wait, I think it should be the last. Oh, you want to be on the last one? I was thinking yeah, yeah, well, be on the first one. Well, the last is the first, you know what I mean? Well, and 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 thy shall inherit the kingdom of heaven and all of that. Yes, I, I speak in those sorts of terms all the time. Um, I, I, I think halfway through, we should actually shift. Halfway through, it should be the end. And we should do a standing ovation for everything that came before it. And then we'll be like, bah, 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 the new that's season. not a bad idea at all. Yeah, that's not? a really great idea. And the, the idea today, my idea man is Una. I don't know that I'm a man, but sure. Um, well, you're the idea man today. Ooh, nah. <laughs> oh, is that? I'm sorry, have I been mispronouncing it all this time? Correct, um, correct. It, it also comes with the hand gestures of <laughs> ooh, nah. In my former life, I used to have to explain how to pronounce my name uh, with, with uh, phonetically spelled like sentences. And I would chop it up and have people say all of these words to pronounce my name. And we would- and really that hard? The whole thing. Yeah, no, it's incredibly hard. Really that hard for Americans to say three. No, thumbs. no, my, my, my dead name. My dead name. Oh, oh, darling. Yeah, oh yeah. All right. Yeah, some of us, some of us weren't born into to the lifestyle. Some of us had to earn it, unlike you. You're, you were, you mm. came out of a goddamn, uh, womb ready to be Una, is that right? It's true. I was born at NFT NYC 2021, and really just, you know, since then, it's been a great evolution. What can I say? Some of us well, were meant for the, meant for the I Unas. Will, I will say that I had a similar journey, except I got a lot of people pregnant at uh, NFT NYC uh, 2021. Oh, so nine God. months later, I had all sorts of people chiming in my DMs saying, hey, Mom said, God, no, no, no. I the the only pregnancy that I've endured in the um, in the journey of being Una was that I laid these Una eggs, and um, there were twenty eight eggs for each day of my cycle. And if the eggs weren't bought, then I aborted them. So I was doing these on chain abortions. And then what happens after you have the baby nine months later? Well, you need to feed it, and what do you feed the baby? Milk. So then I fed the baby some fucking milk. Um, but I haven't actually, um, yeah, I haven't gotten anyone else pregnant. I think I've, I'm working up to that. Threes, you ready? Let's, let's walk through that real quick. The 28 sure. eggs, how many, how many were aborted or did they all get aborted? Were any no, um, yeah, no, after 28, I think 26 of them found incubators. And so I only had to abort two. Okay. Um, and then I was doing these kind of like trimesters. So the first trimester, you got an update. The second trimester, you got an update. And the third trimester, you got an update. And that was just super well-timed with the market crashing. So in the very beginning, a lot of these eggs seemed like they were going to fucking live. And towards the end, I was really like aborting quite a few. <laughs> um, and each one kind of evolved in its own process, right? They started out as these like little spinning eggs. And then the next one had you know, an audiovisual component. And then the next one had an audiovisual and like a live component. And then the third one was actually a little bit of like video performance art where um, there's a morph figure kind of cracking these eggs into different parts of my body. So like my womb, my breasts, my head, my mask. Um, and I always love telling people that the morph figure is my mother. So my mother, I hired her for a day to come in and I was like, mom, I just need you to crack eggs. And she was like, I have to crack an egg in your vagina. I was like, yes, mum, it's for all. And she was like, okay, how many? <laughs> and then she really got into it and she really liked it. And so it's just like really sweet evolution for me of kind of, you know, challenging, which is what your work does as well. And so like, I commend you for this. Like it's challenging the speed at which people expect kind of um, the creative process to flow, right? It's saying, hey, I'm actually gonna take you on like a nine month journey, which like half the people, the like idiots that I was engaging with in the very beginning were like, nine months? What are you, who go gaga? Like, how am I supposed to be? It's like, 
no darling it, it takes a while to concept an idea it takes a while to execute it and it's going to iterate and evolve through it so there's going to be moments in which you can like you know stay in touch but it's not like cool the next day my like monkey turns into like a mutant like that's dumb and has no actual concept behind it which well, is like why i think that we get along <laughs> i i think it's I think it's it's a fantastic take. It's it's what I love playing with too. I love this concept of time and exposing these people who don't think about time. That said, knowing who our our typical demographic is that's buying these mm. pieces, um, they've never made it nine nine months through full full egg cycles. Definitely not. They've never if had babies. The, if, they're, if they're in the grotto, I've paid for a number of them to. <laughs> um, we do have a standing for those that don't know I do have a standing offer to, to fund any and all abortions in, in the grotto That's I mean standard. look it's necessary it's necessary and I actually had what was so funny is that I had a bunch of people that um, when I released the eggs it was in correlation to this Playboy grant that I had just won and so I managed to kind of like siphon off some of the Playboy degens into like the universe and be like, cool, give me your ETH, give me your ETH. And then at the end of the month, when I actually aborted them, I got a couple DMs being like, whoa, bro, that's like way too like serious. You're doing like on-chain abortions, bro. And I was like, sorry, I'm not a bro. And yeah, I fucking aborted, deal with it. Well, yeah. And that is like, <laughs> it's like, what is crazy about that? Um, and I think it's just so much more fun to call it an on-chain abortion rather than a burn wallet. Same, same, but. One is just more flavor. It's oh, it's a lot more flavor. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I love I love that you have you express such a view of so many of your collectors. I think your collectors are sort of accidental collectors, some of them, and they don't know what the fuck they've stepped into. Am I right? Entirely, entirely, like at all. Just know that once. So I'm in Miami. At Miami NFT week. Sorry, I have a bit of ice in my mouth. That's probably rude. And um, but we we suggest it. <laughs> really great on a pod. Sometimes I'll just <laughs> just the the NPR sounded like that. <laughs> anyway, I'm in Miami NFT week, and they put me on like some dumbass shit ass panel at like 10 a.m. And I'm there like with literally like the dumbest people on the panel with me. I can't even remember them. They're like taking it super seriously. And at this point I've already kind of like, you know, been like, fuck it, I'm over this crowd. And I think that everyone in Miami is like so dumb, especially everyone at Miami NFT. It's like, wow, we've really just congregated like the lowest common denominator in one roof. And so I'm like, cool, I'm just gonna fuck around with people. And I get this question from the audience, which is like, how do you think that NFT artists should go about building an audience or a community? And so I just take the mic and I go, fuck them. Just say, fuck them. Fuck you. This is my artwork. This is what I make. And after that, this British man comes up to me and he's like, you know, I really don't understand art, but do you have anything for sale? And I was like, yeah, I do actually. I have this one piece and it's available right now for one ETH. And this is when ETH was like fucking pumping. It was like 40, I don't know, like $4,200. And I was like, yeah, it's, um, it, it's available right now actually. And I was like, if I go to the restroom and come back, are you going to have bought it? And he was like, yes, yes. So I go to the bathroom and I come back and I was like, did you buy it? And he was like, yeah, I just placed a bid. Had no idea what my practice is about. Literally only liked me because he thought that I was spicy on stage and because he was probably so tired of looking at a whole bunch of bored people. The piece is actually about trans women and trans women's rights. Now this British man has no idea and can't even read into that. It's like making fun of Jordan Peterson by turning Jordan Peterson into like this weird alien creature that's like interrogating like what is gender. And he has no idea. We've been in a conference hall where he hasn't even fucking listened to the audio of the piece. And for me, that is part of like the concept of this character that I'm building, right? With Una, it's like, people are so dumb that they cannot look past the facade. So if I give you a shiny new toy and you go, oh, I want that shiny new toy. Cool. I just, I, I'm happy to sell you that piece of art. Like it's one of, I don't know, millions that I will make. It's like, <laughs> it's super easy for me. But for you, the fact that you just bought it because you think it's a shiny new toy and you haven't invested into the concept or the theory or the, I don't know any of the joie de vivre behind it. 
I just go like, cool. <laughs> That's my version of a rug pull. Congratulations, darling. <laughs> I can't believe how much I love everything you just said. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. This is already, already this is like heading towards one of my favorite episodes. Because this is not a conversation that I get to have. Most people are so terrified of alienating or upsetting or ruffling whatever they, they think their collector base is. Mm, okay. mm. This, coddling, yeah. this coddling of collectors. Now, now look, I, you're, you're sitting across from the king of it. I take care of the grotto better than my own children, right? My children hate oh, the God, you should probably change that. What's that? We you should, should probably change that. <laughs> that I don't, and I think, no, I love taking care of the grotto. I love it, okay? But it's a part of my art as well, okay? Sure. So I, that, I take that step to protect them and nurture them and keep them from harm and keep them away from shitty projects and keep them away from sick as fuck art, okay? I do that. That's important. Bro. But I don't think that, that all the rest of the artists who are sitting there just bending over backwards at all times for somebody to buy their, their, their NFT, okay? I don't think that they're doing that as a part of their art. They're just, they're just so pathetically happy to have anybody buying their stuff that they'll just go along with whatever. And so we let these people be assholes and ignorant and and mindless and uninterested. And we just want them to own the thing and then tell the other people that they own the thing so that that person buys more. And you're the yeah. first other artist that I've talked to who is like, fuck them. Now, I'm not saying that I'm totally down with fuck them to everybody. Okay. The ones because, that need to be fucked should be fucked. Well, they should. I've, I've thought that long before I became an artist. Um, I made I made a lot a lot of my early brand on that idea. Okay. Well, but but no, I, I I I do think you're right, and I think that that those who set themselves up for for an experience that they don't care about have brought it upon themselves. Yeah, I also think that like the kind of adage that I always give, and this is well informed by like my past life, is that, you know, if I'm afraid to bite the hand that I think is going to feed me, well, that hand is shoveling me some shit too. And I don't want to eat anyone's shit. So like, I kind of realized early on, like, fine, that's the beauty of this kind of esoteric world, like, Web3, crypto art, NFT art, whatever you want to like put in there. That That's the domain that really, when you claim that territory of fuck you, I'm in my territory, I'm in my zone, I'm in my lane, and I'm not going to eat shit from anyone. That's the reason that we're there. So to go into that space coming from like a fine art background or from like an institutional, like pristine art background that I was, I tried to like, I didn't want to eat their shit. So why would I come to NFTs and eat other people's shit? Like, just illogical to me. Well, I mean, I can speak to that. First of all, you came to NFTs with a concept, with an artwork, with mm. a performance, with a persona, okay? Um, I think already that puts you in the upper echelon, okay? As far as you didn't come in with just your design portfolio and some skills. I used to do graphic design. I'm a 3D motion animator. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I'm being rude. I've had two vodkas. <laughs> I, um, you know, uh, yes, I have a I have a background in, in motion capture and, and graphic design, but um, I'm proud of it. It got me this far, as you can so tell. So do I, darling. <laughs> as you can tell from my my uh, PowerPoint that I put together for the grotto sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen all of the content design. It's marvelous. You've been told they're sick as fuck. Legendary, bro. Fire. <laughs> no. I was on a call with someone today and they used the word fire, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm getting another call. I have to go. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? 
how are you surviving in this land where there are not many people that you can have this conversation? No, which at times it does feel like I'm fucking suffocating on like mediocrity. Um, goddamn celebrate and- <laughs> mediocrity. The NFT space is the El Paso, Texas of the world. I think that El Paso might even have better beans than the NFT space. No, actually, you would think that, but it's across the river. What is where the good beans are? But no, no, it, it's celebration of mediocrity in this space and fucking toxic positivity. Toxic positivity, toxic masculinity, toxic everything. And I think that like the thing that keeps kind of, you know, me floating along is like, I've been really committed. So you have to imagine that I started as like, I'm fucking really intensely feminist, almost sometimes like to a ragingly obnoxious point of view. I'm really queer. I love that. I'm like very vocal about my point of view. And I started in the playboy fucking community. And so so to go from that and be like no there's more here no I like this technology no I like this concept no I'm going to keep pushing and I've only managed to kind of like keep going down this rabbit hole rather than giving up to find people like yourself to find people like the people that I actually connect with right now which are fucking weirdos that are making strange esoteric art like it's really rewarding in that way because it's almost like um, going into a casino and it's like cool when you finally get that one hit that you've been waiting for and make all of the other shit worth it. And so like, I don't mind how much shit I've shoveled to get to this place with you, this conversation with you, the performance that we did over the weekend, because it's been really fun. And as much as I've like kind of also, you know, I guess a good way of putting it is when you're forced to encounter people that are making so much money for being so unbelievably dumb and calling themselves artists, you're faced with two options. One, oh my God, I'm not an artist. I don't know what I'm doing. Cute, cute, man. Or you go, oh my God, if those fuckers can make it, stand up straight, bitch. Work it, keep going. Because when it starts to hit gold, you're going to smash them out of the water because you're actually thinking. And so it's quite easy in that way. So I, I guess I survived basically on, on new funds from the grotto. Um, yeah, new funds from Grotto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you hear me? You hear me? New funds from Grotto. They endorse like reasons. <laughs> I haven't made any official endorsement. Just because you're the most I've ever paid for an NFT <laughs> doesn't mean I endorse you. I'm trying to flip that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck, babe. Seriously. Good luck. Let me know. I've yeah, made know. <laughs> very poor choices in the last 72 hours. I'm going to have to flip that thing. I'm counting on, on doubling my money to pay off loan sharks. Well, look, I can I can churn more butter if that's what we need. I can churn more butter. I can squeeze more milk. I can make Cuban cheese. We can start a dairy farm. I can do two of the three. But so so here's here's the thing. People are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Okay. Sure. Um, so I first of all, first of all, isn't it fascinating that you and I were in the same room? Just, just 16, 17 months ago at the Playboy party down in Miami. We were in the same room. Um, we didn't recognize each other because I, I had my veil on and you didn't have yours. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it takes us this long to finally cross paths. I've been hearing little murmurs and whispers and stuff. You just had a little a little stint out in, in uh, what's that? hellhole that I have to go to every once in a while catch Los Angeles Los Angeles <laughs> um god I try I really try I just can't I just I, I just can't do Los Angeles but um you you had you just had like a little uh, residency of sorts out in Los Angeles you were just sort of in in the scene is that your was that your first time out there like, um that, that's what I'm saying yeah 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 of course um yeah and it was actually like a really fucking cool show and it was you know, again, one of those things where I go, cool, I've been paddling in the right direction because I've landed in a really well curated show um, by Katie. Um, and I'm not mm-hmm. even going to try and butcher her last name, but Peyton Hofstadter, Hofstadter. I think Hofstadter. is one way in which, I don't know, I'm really bad at names, um, but Katie, and it was marvelous curation. And for me, having been in so many shows the year prior where people were like, oh, I'm a curator, oh, I'm a curator. And it's like, mate, 
just because you put five pictures together does not make you a curator to then go to Los Angeles and see the work that Katie's done. And it's so conceptually driven. It's tremendous. It really is kind of demanding that this artwork be looked at in a different context and in a different relationship. And the entire curation of the show is bodies on blockchain, right? So it's this link between the carnal and the entirely abstract digital. It's the link between the like flesh and the, the actual blocks themselves. And that to me is always this like interesting tension point, which I love to kind of like live in and I love to get messy in. And, and the, the piece that I had there, I was really happy with. Um, it's called Spread and it's, you know, it's a good piece of artwork that I, I stand by. And so to be in a show like that, it's really momentous. And then the real kicker is <laughs> you look at all the screens and you're like, oh, these screens are too nice. What's going on behind the shadowy works here? And I realized that and NFTs, everything has an underbelly. Um, so, you know, you just have to, you just have to understand which underbelly you like. And I realized that I like underbellies that have really nice screens and really great curators. So happy to hop in, happy to hop in that underbelly. I again. love it. I love getting a little, a little hint at Bellum's underbelly. Mm, yes, 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 darling. You know. <laughs> oh, fantastic! So, so, so you, so, so, as you were getting ready for that show, and you were sort of on the scene and, and around, um, I, I had seen, of course, I had seen reference to melting the artist. I'd seen you and and, and Lori um, on the. Now, you know, I didn't follow you because uh, my follows are, are reserved for very select group. Um, but the thing is, I I have a way of actually staying in touch and things. I, I manage my Twitter in a very wacky way. But anyway, I kind of knew what, what you were up to. I've been following some stuff. And then you were coming up in conversations, like conversation with Wombat, and, and she was mentioning you guys had hung out a couple times. Um, love, love her. She's great. She's great. She's, you know, she's been Terrific on artist. times. Um, she and I work together quite a bit. She's I, she's major in my collection. She probably represents half of my my NFT collection. Oh, I didn't know you had such good taste. Oh, I do. I've got great taste. <laughs> and it, it tends to be connected to ovaries. Yeah. Um, no, I I'm a, I look. If I'm gonna buy a piece of NFT art that isn't some sort of entree into an elaborate Ponzi scheme, okay? Because I will do that on occasion. Um, chances are it's, it, I'm gonna want it to be from an emerging female artist or an yeah. emerging non-binary artist or an emerging artist, uh, period. It, it, because that's, look, I'm just a fucking guy that uh, I'm three days away from my two-year anniversary quitting my, my, my little executive gig, uh, I was not an artist two years ago, right? I, I just barely started painting. I was just dabbling. Um, but somebody had to take a, a chance on me, and I love I love that. And, and what it does is it actually takes me into some conversations and some experiences with, with people that are far more interesting and exciting to me than some guy who makes art that's sick as fuck, bro, and thinks that he he's should receive all of these accolades simply by his presence. So as a result, I, I do my my collection focuses on on the work of, of of really tremendous women who become tremendous parts of my life, of course. Um, so on that note, can I just share a little like uh, fun fact? So Sotheby's just released this study that when uh, women's artwork and Sotheby's is not kind of yeah smart enough to yet know that there's a qualification of non-binary. So I will just say that Sotheby's does everything in the binary. So Sotheby's just released a study that um, according to their binary, um, when a women's artwork returns to the auction house, it delivers a 78% return. On yeah. average, when men's work returns to the auction house, an 8% return. Yep. And it might be 73 and 8%. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere on my Twitter. But the notion being that part of what we're all engaging with right now in NFTs and NFT art is this intersection between art and finance, right? So it becomes deeply speculative. 
And there's no way of getting around that. And I don't think that we should even pretend that we're not engaging in that speculation. So from a purely speculative point of view, if you want to be investing in pieces that will garner a financial return, well, then, of course, you should be investing in non-male work. Like, it's just only logical in that way. Yet every single idiot degen goes like, no peen, no value. I appreciate you coming on my show to out me as simply being here for the money. With all these, mm, these, mm. These like, it's true. It's true. I'm going to get every penny out of Lorna Mills' ass that I can. I'm, I'm going to get a loan off my Wombat pieces. It's true. I'm going to have, have Siamese French bulldog puppies that I'm going to buy flipping Emperor's trash stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. I love no, it. No, but and that's the thing. Like, I just, I, Oh, yeah, 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 no shit. We both are, babe. Yes. But, like, it's it's this notion that, like, you need to um, pretend to not enjoy it or that one demystifies the other or that the mechanics of a sale cannot also be part of the conceptual art piece. So, like, just to loop us all the way back, like, Milking the Artist was a performance art piece that Laurie Baldwin and I did at Art Basel in which we auctioned off a glass of my breast milk for an insane amount of money. I knew that money was the only thing that would make people pay attention. So how was I going to fuck with a public ledger to make people pay attention to get all of these headlines that I wanted? I was going to wallet wash. That is using a public ledger, a blockchain as a performative measure and being like, yes, I understand the link between art and finance. There's no need not to. It's here. I'm now going to use it to my artistic benefit. And I don't understand why people are so um, afraid of kind of calling a spade a spade art as we know it has always been linked to finance now the question is as an artist are you going to use that as a conceptual medium or are you going to stay in this like no i'm pure no i don't know anything about money because i'm an artist and my artwork just makes you feel that's why people love it you're speaking my language here but i'm gonna i know darling back on you now okay sure because I, I have that exact approach, okay? And I believe, first of all, the, the conceptual art that is the NFT and the play in all of this realm is strictly an economic play. It's strictly a play of the financial mm-hmm. aspect of art, okay? You cannot sure. pretend it's anything but, okay? But as a result of that, because I've devised my project, which is taking that economic feasibility and really its own microeconomy into play, I take it very seriously to deliver value. Okay. Mm. Very seriously. Threesomes has two tenets, and that is I will do everything I can to maintain and drive collector value, and I'll never fuck anyone over. That's it. Those two things. That's what the that's the whole idea. Okay. But I need to know from you. How do you, do you, you're aware of all these things. You're saying, I stand up to this and I do this. But you're also willing to teeter on that, that verge of being like, yeah, fuck you, you got my aborted egg, suck it, right? How, how committed are you or are you at all committed to delivering value? Yeah, that's a good question. And I guess I'll counter with another example. So I wanted people to know that I wallet washed. I did it. I managed to, you know, get past all of the crypto art news agencies, if we can even call them news agencies. So like Blockster, all of those people, after they had all finished writing their headlines about it. And these are meant to be the people that are looking, that are actually doing the investigation, that are actually meant to check blockchain, check the ledger, check either scan. It's right there for you. I wanted people to know that I had done it. I wasn't shying away from it. So Laurie and I made like a two minute video which we're in a washing machine. And I also knew the only way to get people to watch a two minute video is if you pay them. And so I said, if you're an artist and I look at your profile and you retweet this tweet in which I have this video explaining that I have wallet washed, I will give you money. I will give you ether. That's me taking this notion of influencer culture of everything that I saw in the very beginning of like, like this, retweet this and you'll get three ETH and like, No one actually gets that Eve. No one. What did I do? I said, look, I've just done a performative wallet wash in which I have hoodwinked 
everyone who is meant to be like credible media. Now, if you watch this video and you retweet it, you quote tweet it, you make me laugh, you make me think, I'm actually going to pay you. And I did. And I paid something like, I think one each to something like 78 artists. And then I paid like another, I don't know, 60 or so artists in Tezos. And that is one where I go like, if I've told you as an artist that I'm going to respect you as an artist, I'm going to respect you as an artist. If I've told you that I'm going to pay you, I'm going to pay you. And I did. And that's where I go like, I, that's where my integrity kind of like lies, right? So if you're someone from the Playboy community who bought into me because you thought that I was going to become another Playboy, but you didn't actually take the time to look at any of my practice before then, I feel totally comfortable being like, yeah, mate, you bought an egg. This is a deeply queer project. Get ready. You're going to see a lot of armpit hair and you're going to have your mind bent a lot. If you're an artist and I say, hey, I'm going to retweet, like pay you for a retweet. If you do it and you're an artist, I'm going to hold up my word. So in that way, I think that value becomes something that is less, um, like I don't have a big secondary market yet. I'm fine with that. But everything that I've said that I was going to do, if you're actually listening, I've done it. So I've got, I I sleep quite well at night. (laughs) Well, no, and that's, that's a fantastic approach to it. Um, and, and even on that level, okay. So much of the NFT world is, is, is hyper-focused on the appeal of secondary because it's all played out speculatively, like we just talked about, right? There, there's the lure that you're going to buy this thing and then you're going to sell it for more eventually. That's why they've all been brought in to do this, to play mm-hmm. this game where the end of it is more money than they came in with, right? Um, sure. To me, what I hear more often than not from the artists who don't deliver that part of the equation because they don't they don't have a secondary or their secondary doesn't materialize the way they expected it to or what you know what's what's wanted is well no it's just about the art right well you're just you're just buying it for the art okay and i think i think what what you're getting at is is a better response than i tend to hear from people right which is hey stay with me this you're 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 I laid it out for you. I told you what this is. This is this experience. You're paying for that experience. Okay. Do you want a secondary market? Do you have the? Do you do you dream of a day that your stuff, that you, that, that you 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 have sort some sort of a discovery from that speculative play? Um, or are you better, are I'm going you to answer this. No, I'm going to answer it in a roundabout way and to say that like. The term emerging artist, right? I fucking hate that term. If I could kill a term, I would kill that one. And there's like an amazing um, feminist artist, Anita Steptal from, I don't know, the 1980s, 1970s. And she used to do these things where she was like fucking all of these New York City buildings. So she would take like a landscape and she would be like riding the Empire State Building, right? And the thing that she used to say the most was, I'm not an emerging artist. I am an underknown artist. Mm-hmm. And the distinction there being that that one places the emphasis, like emerging places the emphasis on the artist to emerge to the market and the market being the thing that is the the moniker of value or the moniker of intellect or the moniker of artistic merit. Whereas she goes, if I'm an underknown artist, that actually places the emphasis on you to know me and my practice and for you to be the one that gets kind of more up to date with how I perceive things and how I operate rather than for me to acquiesce to some market, which I have no control over. And I tend to view it very similarly, right? So the NFT market right now, I have no control over where that goes, none whatsoever. I don't want to be an emerging artist to the NFT market. I want to be an underknown artist. And when people start to know my work, they start to see it as something that will grow in value because they understand that it's a a long-term project, that it's deeply conceptually driven, that it's not this kind of instant thing so um to answer your question in a really short way yes i want my secondary market to be fucking massive one day mm-hmm. so but it, but it's not it's not a a focus in the near term it's not a you're you're not looking immediately as you release at how you deliver that or how you guide that or is that is, no. is that you, you you conceive long enough into the project down the road? Can you see enough, deep enough into the future to, 
have a sense of, of that happening or walk me through that. I, yeah, I like the approach. I like the approach, but I'd like to, to know how it is that you think that happens eventually. Yeah, look, I'm only May 1, I will be 18 months old. So like I'm everything right now to me is still kind of in this um not that it's iterative but it's very young it's very fresh and so <laughs> I'll give an example with one of the pieces that I did right so I did um at NFT NYC 2022 which was really like when everyone was still pretending that we were like in the ball you know everyone was like yeah things are still great but it was really like if you have any degree of like your eyes open you know that this is all about to come crashing and it already has and this is like everyone's last dance so what did i do i went as the nft bubble and i made myself an epically large victorian era dress i'm talking like large hoop skirt to the point that like i was the only person in an elevator and if you wanted to come in an elevator with me you were gonna have to stand in the sides because my dress was like that large taking up that much space in a dress constructed of bubble wrap with a big transparent balloon and a six inch nail. And I had the balloon that said, this is the NFT bubble. So imagine there's this like this big woman in this big Victorian dress made out of bubble wrap with this big balloon that's holding up that says the NFT bubble, it's transparent. And I'm just walking around with a nine inch nail, right? Super simple. On face value, people were either responding in two ways. One, they hated it because they didn't want to admit that that's where we were. Or two, when I asked them if they wanted to pop the NFT bubble, it became some type of like phallic or sexual gesture for them. And they're like, ooh, I want to pop the one right here. And I was like, cool, go for it, babe. It's gonna pop no matter what. And I would go to all of these different parties. Like I went to Sotheby's, I popped a bubble there. I went to a Christie's party, I popped a bubble there. I went to the board eight party, I popped a bubble there. I went to all of these different things and popping the same bubble, right? In this really large gesture. I got on the table at the NFT NYC VIP dinner in front of Jody Rich, demanded that everyone looked at me. I cracked like four different glasses getting up there and I just popped this large bubble in front of anyone. Everyone's looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what the concept is. Then I go and I have these pieces of video art in which I'm wearing the dress and popping the bubble in front of a green screen. I start taking videos of NFT NYC. So I get this epic video of like the line that's all the way around the block, you know, quintessential bubble. I get this video of the, the um, proof of, what was it? Proof of people, the, uh, no, not proof of people. What was the owl one? The dumb owl one that they've all left proof now? Collective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, proof collective, thank you. The Moonbirds. I get shout, video shout of like- Shout out Moonbirds. Love you, Kevin Rose. Yo, one of my- shout out. So I, I get a fire video of the Moonbirds bros with all of their watches watching David Blaine do a magic trick. For me, that is quintessential bubble. That's how you know we've reached a bubble in a moment. And I put or, that or, on the green screen. Or it's my second bachelor party. Oh my God, please tell me that you have at least David Blaine escaping from like 75 well, different octopuses. <laughs> look, Blaine and I are bros from way back. He did a little thing Fire. for me. It was fucking sick. It was just fucking sick. Me and my boys, we fucking, seriously, fucking sick. Tamaulipas, we were down in Tamaulipas, Mexico. Hover, we we fucking held, held, hoverboard off of helicopters into the town square. David Blaine fucking pops up. We fucking smashed all night, shot out. Kevin Rose was there, Moonbird for life. Sorry, that's just me doing some cocaine because I'm imagining that I was with you at your party. <laughs> and then let me guess, did Steve Aoki come and throw some fucking cake at you? No, at I the fuck right party. I, 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 I met him for two minutes once, but I don't think he remembers me. Bro, bro, Steve is fucking legendary. I went to his party at NFTMRC and he threw some fucking cake at me, bro. <laughs> and so anyway, I have all of these videos from these parties of myself in a green screen like room with this like NFT bubble with this gargantuan Victorian era dress. And I start interlaying them with videos of NFT NYC 2022. Obviously, that's way too on the fucking nose for anyone who's actually a collector right now. For anyone who like laughs into these kind of like big communities, they all hated me. They were calling me mean, 
for like making fun of Steve Aoki, mean for making fun of Buckrender, making fun of like World of Women, making fun of Madonna, all, all of these things. And I'm like, sorry, you're not my audience. And I am fine making art to an audience that does not exist yet. So when it comes to this question of secondary, I'm gonna loop it all the way back. If secondary market right now is only interested in things that are very apropos right now, no, my shit will age well. I will be like, cheese, why do you think I'm making milk to butter? Like, I will be like, cheese, I will just get better with time. Like, these videos are going to be priceless of how dumb this thing was, like how it was dumber than when the internet was, how it was dumber than all of the Beanie Babies collections. Yet, there will be a few intellectual people, like yourself, like myself, like a few of the collectors that I actually do have, that will sit there and will appreciate that I was actually making art that was a little bit, you know, tongue-in-cheek, a little bit on the nose, a little bit, you know, not afraid of being unliked. And I think I'm a very likable person, but I'm not afraid of making yeah. art that is unlikable. Yeah. We'll see. I, <laughs> I, I think, um, well, I want to wrap this up soon um, because- Oh no, I could talk to you forever. The attention span of the <laughs> NFT. We're going to have to chop this up into nine episodes as it is. Um, I, it's fascinating. I wish I wish Kitch weren't uh, zonked out of his mind right now, so that he could he could opine on the fact that your your grotto material. You're not grotto material. You're not going to be allowed in the grotto. But you you <laughs> you you have some of the approach to things that I love to put out there that the grotto loves to sort of turn against. Um, it's it's funny to me that that uh, like we get along independent so thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's new. It's new to so many of us. Um, yeah, it's wild to me. But no, it look, we didn't even really get into it. I want to take a few minutes here to talk about the piece that so I was saying that, you know, I'd heard about you in LA. And then I had a chance uh, to come in and meet you. I wanted you to come to my party. Uh, but you were um, I'm going to tell everybody what you're doing. I have to do it. I have to. All right, go on. Go on. Um, there's like this big collector, a very famous collector, and he um, put everybody on like a tour bus, and you guys went upstate all together, and you you went you went for hay rides and did apple picking. And it's not apple picking, mm -hmm. but it didn't matter because it was all just for the the photo ops. Um, but you did this with. I mean, we're talking the top of the top. The top of the top were there. The Moonbirds were there. Okay. Um, you know, I saw a picture of you on a hayride with three different Moonbirds. One of them was uh, super rare and super sick. Um, but you went up and you decided to go to that instead of coming to my party. And so uh, as a result, I had to go to some people to meet you the other night. And sure. <laughs> Bob was all excited that I got to meet you. And she's like, well, here, here, here she is. And you were like, sorry, I got to run. Uh, I got to do this. But uh, I'm about to have an auction if you want to buy a piece. And I'm like, well, I'll buy a fucking piece. You know, whatever. I've, I've, I've watched Una. Uh, I, I'll see a little Una and I'll buy a piece. And I got roped into a fucking auction. Well um, done, darling. And I got a little heated. It got a little carried away. I didn't, I didn't expect to spend as much as I spent, which is the beauty of the auction, right? That's why you do it, the little hype action. And so I bought, now, I was under the impression that I was buying butter made from breast milk. That's what, that's because I don't pay attention always when things are being, mm -hmm. so that's what I thought was happening, but it ended up being just regular butter, which plays into the, the, the spread piece, right? Am I well, right? Well, you bought butter that wasn't touched by a man. Well, that's what drew me to So you, <laughs> you bought, I can't believe it's not made by a man. It doesn't yeah. mean it was made from my breast. It was just not made by a man. No, no I know, I understand. I didn't, well, no, 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 no. I, I didn't think it was yours. I thought it was commodity breast milk. I thought, oh, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, no please. you know there's I, a massive, the, the lactation, mm. I understand lactation that you don't just produce milk. I understand that. So I figured it was some, you know, Nordic milkmaid. Uh, 
you know, commodity breast milk. It's a thing. A, a shield maiden, a shield maiden, a Norwegian one. And that's yeah. why, you know, we'll just leave it at that for you. It but, was a Norwegian but, shield maiden. <laughs> but um, it was, it was, it was art that had not been touched by a man, not made by a man. And that's like, right now is my favorite art. And so um, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm in. And I got a little carried away and I bid a lot. And uh, and then it was that moment where I was like, am I going to be over outbid? And it didn't happen. And I was like, all right. And so now, now I'm flipping shit coins to pay it off. Perfect, darling. Perfect. Yeah, I will say that um, I think the the mechanics of an auction as a performance artist, it's really interesting because you can kind of create this context. And, you know, I've been churning that butter since Tuesday. And I saw you, what, on a Thursday? So mm -hmm. I've been going everywhere. I was on a panel with like Matt Hall and Kenny Schachter and Regina Marshall, like whatever her last name is, and, and Elsie. Some of these like really big, like, you know, quote unquote names. And I'm there on a panel with them, churning butter, you know, kind of going through the rote mechanics of it and relentlessly so, and bringing that butter everywhere because it's, it's this symbol of kind of like domestic labor that you have to churn through, that you have to constantly manipulate, that you have to constantly work. And if you overwork it, it becomes quite grotty. I don't know, can I use the word grotty when you're so close to the grotty? <laughs> it becomes quite grotty. And you've, you've coined it, you might as well use it. Yeah, it becomes quite grotty. And this notion of kind of presenting something to an audience in which like they become part of the performance. That That's the first auction that I've done where I've actually been on the stage. In every other auction that I've done, I've been in parallel with an audience. And so that was quite a unique experience because it did inherently uh, imply some degree of kind of like power and also legitimacy. Whereas during Art Basel, when I auctioned off a glass of breast milk, the audience was at the same height as us. Right. So we're the only pieces of artwork that are living there in the present with the audience versus like artwork that you have to look up to that you're supposed to look up to in this frame. It's like there is no frame when you're on the same plane as your audience. And that as kind of like um, a precipice, I think gave a lot more people kind of agency to get involved in milking the artists, which is why we got the winning bid all the way up to $200,000, right? Because people felt somewhat irresponsible or kind of, that they could not be traced or that they could not be kind of identified because they were in this crowd. Whereas I'm standing on stage and I hear you, you make your bid. And I was like, mm, I'm looking at you in the eyes, motherfucker. I see you really clearly. I know exactly who you are. I'm going to follow up with you after, you know? And that, that level of the exchange of it is like, that's part of it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I think you're my best collector. I, I can, I can say, Hey, thank you for saying that. I, I expect to hear that, but I appreciate it. But I can say things <laughs> that you maybe you don't know because maybe you haven't really had the conversation with anybody that was down, right? You're talking about being elevated. So you're on a stage. You, you and, sure. and, and, and Lori are on the stage. Uh, Lori is, is sort of uh, auctioneer. She's running the mic, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you two are, are looking down at everybody. I don't know if you, you, you felt, but it was happening. There was, you, you, you had people who just happened to be there, right? Um, and, and then they hear the premise and they hear the, you know, the, the conceit and they get into it. And there was, there was a lot of laughter coming from the women in the, in the crowd, which mm -hmm. was fun for me to be a part of. Uh, normally I get laughed at for other things, but this was a nice <laughs> one. This was a nice one where- Sure. Where it was the celebratory laughter of this premise because it was so near to everyone's heart. The, you know, this uh, you could feel, you know, people's lifetimes of facing market dynamics that favored men. Okay, that it you know excluded women, and this notion of this has not been touched by a man as though that were so unique. And so it was this, you know, this, this never before seen thing, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I love that. I love it. I love performance. I love the approach. I love the persona. I love what you do. Um, and you'll have to come back and get to do this some more. Well, wait, because... two things on that. Two things on that. 
I don't things. believe in original ideas, number one. I don't believe in original ideas. So this notion of like, I can't believe it's not made by a man. It's not an original idea. Like women have been talking about that in like every single which way for forever. And the second thing is that I believe that the most powerful stance that you can have towards any degree of adversity is amusement. And so when you say that I was making women in the audience laugh, to me, that is the highest degree of potency that you can have because it is both looking at an issue very objectively saying, yes, this is an issue, but it's not matching it in the same level of like, oh no, it's something that I'm a victim to. or Oh no, it's something that I need to like fight and I need to become a warrior. It's like, Let's look at how fucking absurd the intellect is. Let's look at how absurd the market is. And let's fucking laugh about it. And that's why I'm also so glad that the piece ended up in a man's hands. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I am too. And I had to fight off a bevy of ladies, which is, again, par for the course. But in an auction setting, it was a little different. But you know, I, I, I do want to clarify that the, the, there was this sort of camaraderie in the in the crowd at this idea mm. not that the idea was novel but that the pitch was novel right that this the the, yes. the the real the real bit of this joke the real bit for me okay is that that notion that the 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 hype woman the hype person the auctioneer is going to lean on this as though it's the most novel thing and that yes. everybody's celebration of isn't it funny to try to use what the thing that we all know that we all live in all the time as the novelty is it, it was spot on so it was really well done i really loved it i was glad to be a part of it um and and it's it, you know one of my favorite pieces it's definitely definitely at the top 400 piece in my collection oh, thank you thank you we'll pretend that you just said top four thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just a little bit of fat thumbs. Stop. Forgot where the um, decimal point was. Really. Uh, Kitch, could you fix that on the back end? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, seriously, though, Una, it was a pleasure. And and please, I, I, to me, it's conversations like this. The whole idea of this pod is that we get to know each other, right? We really get to know each other in ways that we didn't before. Um, but that's 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 an evolving thing, you know. Sure. To me, there's that's why I keep having people on again and again because that's the way that the conversations really should develop. So we'll do it again soon, I hope. I but mean, I and look, I would say anyone from from the grotty of the grotto, if you like this, let me know. Oh, they'll let you know. Believe me, they've yeah. already they already you know I went and bought your piece, and then the next day they all just went and bought what they could on tents. We like it. You know. <laughs> Look at that. Kitch. Oh my goodness, Kitch chiming in. By the way, Kitch, can you remind me? Take note, it's 557. My God, the light that comes in. Look how good I look. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're getting hot. You're getting hot. Woo! I know. It's amazing. All right. Uh, thank you guys. Kitch, you're the best in the business. Una, uh, you're one of the best in the business, too. So Cheers. thank you very much I'd for like hanging to say out. Same to you, please. Thank you. See everybody next week. Bye. Cheers.